How many of you wish that you are taller? <laughs> Only a few hands. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the story, there is, a, there is a person who was very tall. We don't know exactly how, but we'll talk about that giant. Story found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I will read a few verses to start. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sokot in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Demon between Sokot and Azkah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, while the valley with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, wearing, weighing 5,000 shekels. The story goes on, but we'll just pause here for a little bit. So here, we all know the story of David and Goliath, and we'll be talking about this famous story. And if you know the, the area of Israel, I don't know how many of you, you have been there, but Israel is set in a way that the, the, if you go to the closer to the west side, to the beach, it's all flat and plain. But as you go to the east side where Jerusalem is, it's all the mountain range. So the mountain range and the, the, the cities and the, and the castles are all on the east side, up on the hill, up on the top of the hill, where, where that's where all the fortress and all the cities are built. Where on the left side is mainly flat area. Philistines used to come from that area. Now, between the hills and the plain or the valleys, that's where usually they crawl up and climb up to, to capture the cities up on a hill like Jerusalem. So that's exactly what happened. Philistines came and Israelites came to fight them and they are now faced somewhere in the middle of those areas where the valleys are. And literally they're up on one hill and the Philistines on the other hill and the valley in between them. Now if they were to come down, expose themselves in the middle of the valley, now, the other team has the advantage. Now, you are up higher. So they don't want to do that. They want to say, okay, you know, you guys come down, we'll fight you. No, you guys come down, we'll fight you. So what the tradition was that instead of two armies coming down and fight in the middle, they would send out their one person from their army and have just two people fight. If one person wins the other, then the other army it's like they were defeated. That's how they used to do it in the, in the past. That's exactly what's going on. And Goliath from Gath, like the Bible says, came out from the Philistine. And how tall was he? In other translation, it says he was, he was six cubits and a span tall. And some translations say that he was over nine and a half feet tall. Some say he was 11 feet tall. Now, guess how tall I am? I'm about 5'10". With my Sabbath shoes and with my hair up high, I'm about 6. 
But imagine Goliath about nine feet tall. And how tall was David? How old was David? He was about 16. He was still a boy. So he's about, I don't know, uh, Israelite people or Hebrew people. Uh, young boy. If he was like Bryce and Brayden, like, they would be like six and a half. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if common, like average Israelite or Jewish people, um, say about five feet or so, five, a little more than five feet, if he's about 15, 16 years old. So five feet and nine feet, or maybe 10 feet. The difference is like dramatic. You can tell, right? And if Goliath was about nine feet or 10 feet tall, wouldn't you want to have him in your basketball team? What does that mean? He could dunk without jumping. He's like, <laughs> right there. That's how he, he tall, I mean, how tall he was. And seeing him coming out, oh, and also the armor that he had was how heavy? It was weighing 5,000 shekels. Translation, it's about 150 pounds. I'm like almost that, or maybe close to that. So with the helmet, armor, and weapons, it's close to 200 pounds. He's wearing about 200 pounds when he came out to fight. So this is a giant tall guy. And seeing him, nobody from the Israelite camp challenged him. Nobody came out. If there was anybody who was taller, who was stronger, who, had, who was brave to fight a giant like Goliath, would be who? Who was the tallest among all the Israelites? It was Saul. The Bible says he was about head taller than everybody else. And Saul, who was supposed to be showing the example, trusting in God to fight Goliath like the giant over here, what was he doing? He chickened out. <laughs> He's in the back of the camp like, okay, who wants to go out and fight this gentleman? Who wants to go out and fight this giant? If anybody goes out and fights this guy and wins him, I'm going to give him what? Wealth. I'm going to give you a lot of money. Nobody came out. And you know what he said? Okay, if the money doesn't work, I'm going to give you my daughter to marry. What does that make him? His son-in-law. Well, okay, so if you're not going to go out with money, if you're not going to go out with my marrying my daughter, now I'm going to make you tax exempt. You don't have to pay tax. Not only you, but all your family. That's what the Bible said. Okay, think about it. Think about the benefits that you can get. You're going to get a lot of money, and you can marry the king's daughter, meaning you will be, your status will instantaneously change into a royal family. You could be a prince, right? And then you don't have to pay tax ever. Not only that, whole your family. How many of you like to pay taxes every year? <laughs> Maybe you're paying too much tax, right? And with those three promises that Saul gave out, nobody came out. For how long? 40 days. That's a long time to think about the options. But no one came out to fight Goliath. That's how scary he was. 
And the Bible goes on to say, David came to see the battle. What happened was that uh, his dad, Jesse, who sent out three of his oldest son, elder sons to the battlefield, he was worried. He was curious to know what was going on. So he sent his younger son, David, saying that, you know what, bring some food over there and then find out how your brothers are doing. So David goes out bringing food, and he goes and he sees Goliath. I'm like, oh, I've never seen a man that tall. Wow, this is great. And David is excited in a way that he has never seen a battlefield before. But his brother, especially Eliab, is very upset that the youngest boy, who can actually get hurt, came out. And he's excited about it. He's talking about, oh, that's what's all promised. If, I, if somebody goes out and fights this guy, wow, that's amazing. He goes out and talks about this as if it's fun. And Eliab is upset and saying that, you know what? You're supposed to take care of the dad's sheep. Why are you here? You came out to look at the battle. Just watch. Like, you need to go home now. That's what he was saying. He was upset. But you know what? Patriarchs and prophet was actually saying, Eliab said that to David because of what? Because he was jealous. He didn't have the heart to do that. He wasn't brave enough to do that, to do what David was doing. He was jealous. That's why he was saying such things to David. Because David was saying all those things to other people, and other people were like, you know what? Maybe this guy wants to go out and fight Goliath. There's nobody else. It's been 40 days. No one goes out to fight. So let's go. And that word was reported to King Saul. And King Saul, who's been pulling his hair out, like nobody wants to go out and fight with all the things that I've been offering. No one wants to go and fight. If there's anybody who wants to fight, yeah, I'll send him out. Who is he? Get him here. And David is brought to King Saul. And who was David? He wasn't one of his, his soldiers. He was a little boy. As a matter of fact, who was David? Did Saul know David? Yes. Just before that chapter, David is called to play his lyre for Saul because Saul's spirit was, was troubled. Every time he's stressed out, every time he's like, oh, I want to just give up. Then he wants to listen to a calming music. And people recommended David to play that music for Saul. And Dave, the Bible said it worked. So David would go and play music for Saul. So this talented, pretty young boy that used to play music for Saul is now here saying that I want to go fight that giant. That Saul himself was scared to go fight. All the other soldiers, none of the soldiers were able to go fight. And this little young boy, 16-year-old, says that, I want to go fight. Saul was, what? No, 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 no. I don't think you understand the whole magnitude of what's going on. This guy can kill you in a second. He's been trained to kill from his youth. You've never had any experience fighting. You're a shepherd boy. You're a musician. What do you know about fighting? That's exactly what happened. But you know what? David had the guts to go and say, you know what, I want to go fight. But you know why? 
why was David so brave to go and ask to fight Goliath? You know why? Was he thinking of oh, all the money and king's daughter, maybe tax? Well, he's a young boy. I don't think he was talking about thinking about tax. He's too young to think about that. But maybe, girl, maybe if, if she was pretty, maybe. But here, Patriarchs and Prophet, page 644. But unknown to Jesse, the joyful, the youthful shepherd had been entrusted with a higher mission. The armies of Israel were in peril, and David had been directed by an angel to save his people. So David was given a mission to save his people. Even Jesse didn't, didn't know that. None of his brothers knew that, but David was asked to save his people. So David, with that confidence in his, in his heart, with that calling in his heart, he goes out and says, you know what? I'm going to go fight this giant. David was bigger than his fears. Do you think David was scared when he saw him? Physically, do you think he was challenged? Yes. Look at him. He's like almost double of his, his height. That means he's so much bigger. It's like a little boy fighting a sumo fighter. You know, like, can you imagine a sumo fighter like this big and a little tiny boy like, like boys that you see here? It's no match. And David is saying that, you know what? I can do it because he was bigger than his fears. Do you see fears in front of you? Are you challenged with fears? What can we learn from this story? The Bible says, when you have God, you can be bigger than your fears. Be bigger than your fears. Think about David. When you see Goliath, don't look at Goliath. See past, see past through him and see God on your side. And you can be bigger than your fears. David had proved to be a trustworthy shepherd over his father's sheep. Now he was called to championship the cause of his heavenly father's flock, as the Bible commentary. Because he has been proven to be trustworthy, God is now giving him to be the shepherd. God is now giving him the position to shepherd his own flock. God is saying that, you know what? I'm going to make you king over my people. Can we do that? Can we be proven trustworthy? David, even though he was a very small young boy, because he trusted God, God could now trust him with his whole people. That's exactly what happened. You know, did God trust Saul at one point? Yes. That's why he was chosen to be the first king. He was trustworthy at one point. And do you think he was worthy enough? Do you think he was qualified to fight Goliath before? Yes. But because he lost his faith, God sent somebody else, somebody who was much shorter, much smaller, much weaker than Saul. But he was much greater, much stronger in God's face. Now, David's answer is really funny. When King Saul said, you know what? You can't go fight that giant. There is no way. 
He's a giant. You are just a little boy. And David's answer was in verse 34. I went and fought a lion and fought a bear before. God who has kept me from the paws of these animals will keep me from this giant. I'm going to go fight. You're like, no, 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 no. That, that's a bad idea. That's actually, uh, 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 that's, that's a sh I mean, like, embarrassment. From my army, we are sending a little boy to fight this giant? That's an embarrassment. But he has no other choice. So he sends him out. He agrees to send him out. And here, Saul, in verse 38, 39, says, um, the Bible says this in verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. He took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch in his shepherd's bag, with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. So here, David, what does he try on? King Saul's tunic and his armor, and his sword, and his helmet. Now, how tall was David? Five foot. How tall was Saul? A head taller than everybody else. Maybe six, or more than six. So can you imagine an adult, fully, you know, big man, adult, and a little boy, he puts his helmet on, it doesn't fit. I mean, it's, it's too big. It's not right size. A tunic is too big. Have you seen a, like a little child wearing the daddy's shirt or a jacket? It's like a long coat, right? <laughs> That's what David looks like. Like his helmet is like covering his eyes. Like, you know, I can't see anything. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. And his shoes. Like, have you seen little kids wearing daddy's shoes? Like they're walking like this. That's exactly what's going on. David is like, you know what? I'm not used to this. I can't wear this. That's exactly what happened. Now, let me ask you a question. If there was any armor that is the best in Israel, whose armor would that be? Saul's. The best sword ever, the strongest, the shiniest, the, the best sword ever, whose sword would that be? Saul's. So now David is given the best armor, the best sword, the best helmet. And he says, you know what? I can't wear these. These armors and the armor and the sword and the helmet will be the best that Israel has to offer. But David says, no. Why? The reason is, I am not used to these. Now, here is the Bible. The Bible, the sword of God. The weapon that God has given us. And if you put this on, if you put this on and go fight Satan, you can say, you know what? I can go fight Satan because this is the best weapon that God has given us. But guess what? If you are not used to this, do you think you can go fight Satan? 
no way. Bible, Bible says, David says, no, I'm not used to this. I can't do this. If someone gives you the Bible and says, oh, where is the book of Psalms? And if you do this, no, you're in trouble. No. The Bible, it has to fit. It has to be used to. You have to know how to use it. Otherwise, the word of God in your hand means nothing. Just like Saul's armor and sword in David's hand. You have to get used to the word of God. Is the word of God used to you? And I pray that you will get used to memorizing and using the word of God. The weapon of God, the sword of God. Get used to it. Read it. Make it yours. You know, if David put on that, that armor, the shiny, the best armor, if I were David, the first thing I would have done would be what? Go fight Goliath? No. Go to his, his, his brother and say, hey, brother, check this out. <laughs> hey, Goliath, see what I have. I think that's what I would have done. Like, you just made fun of me, told me to go home. Guess what I'm wearing? I'm wearing the king's robe, king's tunic, king's armor, king's sword. Have you touched this before? This is the best thing. But he doesn't. And he actually takes it off. And he goes in what clothes? His shepherd uniform. What's that? His leather shorts, probably. <laughs> and probably like something very simple. And a small pouch to hold his essentials. But in it, he put what? What did he put in before he go fight? Five smooth stones. That's what he put in. Talking about the five smooth stones. Uh, and here, five smooth stones. Like, we talked about how we will be going on uh, that Holy Land tour in a few years. I went to that site where David and Goliath had fight. A lot of people go to the site where there are parking lots and bus stops and gift shops and all that place, and there is a big sign saying, this is a field where giant Goliath and David fought. And people go there and guess what they do first? They go find smooth stones and pick them up <laughs> and then put them in their pocket. And they take them back home for souvenirs. And I was told that people, from like the government of Israel, they come in trucks of pebbles and dump them there. <laughs> that's what I was told. Because that's what, they do, that's what they do most. They love to go and pick up pebbles and take them home. But guess what? That site is fake. It's not the real site. The site that we went, the, guy that, the guide, the, the pastor guide that took us there, is the real site. There is no sign. There is no parking lot. It's, a, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of, like, right next to the road. And he took us there. We pulled over to the side of the road. The bus driver was like, oh, we are not supposed to park here. He had the, the blink, blinker on, emergency blinkers on. Like, okay, guys, you guys need to hurry up because we parked at the, like, illegal parking spot. We all went down there, and then we said, like, you see the mountains? You see the hills? This is the valley here, the stream? This is the site. And I picked up a few pebbles there, and I took them home. <laughs> because that's the real site. 
And if you go on that trip, you'll get to go to that very site that I've talked about. But David takes his coat, uh, his Saul's armor off, and he goes to fight Goliath because Saul trusted his armor, but David trusted God. Let me say that again. Saul trusted his armor, but David trusted God. Who do you trust? Do you trust in your armor, in your sword, in your helmet, or do you trust in God? I pray that you will all trust in God instead of the worldly things that you see around. The sling. Uh, the sling, we may think, you know what, this is just like some, some like leather strap with some rock. It's like nothing. But in the medieval times or the primitive times in the Bible, ancient times, this was one of the greatest weapons that they had. According to this guy on YouTube, I looked it up, this guy on YouTube taught himself to use sling, use a sling. So what he did was he practiced and practiced, practiced for about a year. So after about 30,000 times of throw and practice, now he's able to hit a water bottle three times out of four tries from 30 feet. 45 feet, he can hit the water bottle one out of two times. He says he actually was pretty good. He was hitting the water bottle, like about half gallon or gallon-sized water bottle from about 30 or 45 feet every time, pretty much. He said his level, his skill level is about a child level from that culture of using slings. If you grew up in, the, in that culture, if you, are, if you grew up learning that skill all your life, an adult, a skilled adult, can hit about torso-sized target from about 150 feet. That's what the record says. But the Bible even says something more dramatic than that. In Judges 2016, there are a group of slingers who are left-handed from the tribe of Benjamin. They are how accurate? They would hit a hair and not miss. Not talking about a torso, talking about a hair. That's how accurate that was. 700 men, slingers. So this is not just like a habit that you have. Oh, you know, let's just go hunting. Let's go, let's go shooting. No, it's not that. It's their armies. People, it's their weapons. That's what they do. You know how strong it is? How powerful it is? According to this guy, um, in, um, Mr. Gadwell in TED Talk, TED, TED Talk, said a, an experienced slinger power, the force, the stopping force of a sling could be equivalent to a .45 ACP handgun. That's more powerful than a 9mm handgun. That's how strong it was. Um, and the Bible says, uh, or, or this guy in TED Talk says, it could hit a target up to 200 yards if you're experienced. That's how strong it was. So when David went out to fight, when David said, I was able to fight a lion and a bear, he wasn't kidding. A lion, like a small, like a, a little, like a baby lion? No. It was a fully grown lion, fully grown bear. If you have a handgun, if you have a sling that is as powerful as a handgun, yes, you can fight those beasts. And that's what David had. 
what about the other soldiers? They probably had the same skill as David did. Maybe better because David is younger. But they couldn't see past the, the size of Goliath. That's exactly what happened. The perspective is that what, that's what we need to change. Because when the other people saw Goliath, they all said, he's too big to fight. But guess what David said? He's too big to miss. That's exactly what he did. Now, let me show you a little video. Here is a perspective video. If you can go to the next slide, which has a little video. Okay, if it's not playing, I'll just explain. There is a little video. There is a guy uh, doing an experiment. If you go to the, the equator and the southern hemisphere and the northern hemisphere, do you know how the water spins as the water drains, the vortex, how it goes? Northern hemisphere, where we live, which way does it go to when the water drains? Meaning, when you flush your toilet, which way does it swirl? <laughs> Is it right or left? It goes right. But on the southern hemisphere, which side does it swirl to? Left. Are you sure? How about at the equator? It drains straight. It doesn't swivel. That's the video that is. So basically, he's, he's standing in the middle of the equator, and he has this little bucket. He, he steps like maybe five steps on the the northern side of the hemisphere, and he does an experiment, and the water drains right side. And you can see that from the flower spinning that side. And then he walks to, he, he has the people, he walks to the left side, to the southern hemisphere, and he pours water in his bucket, and it drains to the left side. You can see that from the, the, the petals of the flower spinning left. And he brings it, finally brings to the center, like the equator, and it doesn't spin. The water just drains down. Go to YouTube and just look it up. So the perspective, perspective is everything. When all the soldiers, including Saul, said, you know what, David, you know, King um, Goliath is too big. We can't fight him. We can't win him. There's no way. And, but David said, no, God is bigger than Goliath. So do you have earthly perspective or heavenly perspective? And there is a famous saying, if you can go to the next slide, the famous saying is that, can you go to the next slide after the video? It says this, if God puts a Goliath in, your, in front of you, he must believe there is a David in you. That's a famous saying, right? So God sometimes puts a Goliath in your life so that you can find a David in you. That's what God did. But what happened to Saul? He was supposed to find a giant in him to fight Goliath, but he failed. But David, he found the giant inside him through God, and he was able to fight Goliath. So friends, in closing, are you familiar with your armor and weapons? Do you read your Bible? Do you pray? Are you memorizing your scripture? You have to get used to your weapons. Otherwise, you don't know how to use it. You know, people, like, 
people in training, like in, in the military and the cops, you know what they do with their guns? They practice it all the time. Without practicing, because that split second, if you are too slow, that can determine life or death. That's what they do. David, he used his sling all the time. He practiced all the time. And also, that mattered, that life and death, that mattered. But also, knowing, having faith in God, that was what was important. Do you have the heavenly perspective or the earthly perspective? Be bigger than your fear. Change your perspective. See what God sees. Hear what God hears. How many of you want to say, you know what? God, please help me find a David in me so I could see past Goliath and I could be bigger than my fears. How many of you are faced with challenges of Goliath in your life? When you see Goliath, don't just look at Goliath. Don't just focus on Goliath. See, pass through him and see God that is greater, bigger than Goliath. I pray that you would change your perspective and be bigger than your fear because God is on your side. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us this story of David and how he has fought Goliath. Even though he was such a small boy, he was able to have faith and he fought Goliath and brought victory to Israelites. Help us to find the David in us when we are faced with challenges of Goliath. Please bless every single person here, especially the ones that have raised their hands. Please help them to have faith and find David so great in them so that they would find faith, so they will follow God. They, would, they will fight Goliath and be victorious. Please help us to find David in us. Help us to see past Goliath in our, in our lives. Bless us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.